Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris of Velosos on social media. Welcome back to Sosa 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style. Stay listening to episode 300 of Soul Organized Style. Soul Organized Style podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us on Sub 50 Podcast as we meet a well-loved Australian sewist who creates vintage looks for her everyday life. Sew Over 50 intersects with all communities. Tina Watts, or Vintage Tina, as she's known on Instagram, is a favourite vintage sewist of Instagram of many people, and today we get to find out more about her sewing life and how vintage patterns fuel her sewing projects. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Tina. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. You inspire a lot of people with all of your vintage makes, including myself. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I still remember the outfit that you wore at Brisbane Frocktails, which was the Van A pattern that they had put out. Yes, the Georgie dress. That's it. Yeah, black and white striped. Yeah, I've hardly worn that. And I was actually thinking of doing it as part of a photo shoot later on because I just never get to wear them. I think you've got the hair going, you've got the makeup and also the hats and shoes. Like you've got the whole ensemble. Well, yes, I, I've gone into hats lately because they really do make a vintage outfit. You put a hat on and it just adds so much more. And I started making hats and, you know, I thought it had to be the felt hat and the, you know, steaming and I went and did a course. And then I realised there's so many actual patterns for fabric hats. So I've started doing them lately and they're not that difficult. And my husband joked that he had to buy, get another hat stand for me. And I said, well, I have to have a hat for every dress. You do realise that. (laughs) So yes, my hat collection is growing. And you've given him the right criteria to come up with the right hat stand too. Absolutely. I've already got three hat stands. So we, we will add to that. Yeah. Also, I, I have to wear hats when I'm outside because I've, had skin cancers on my head and being in a very hot sunny climate I have to have my head covered all the time so it's a hat or an umbrella Hmm. and that really adds to the whole vintage part of vintage Tina too absolutely so you may as well have fun while you're covering your head so (laughs) I'm going to ask the obvious question how did you develop your online name well My name's pretty common. Um, I was surprised how many people in the world have the name Tina Watts. There is literally dozens, if not hundreds. So I had to come up with something else. So I thought, well, what are adjectives that describe me? And I thought, well, I love vintage. So I stuck vintage in front of Tina and it was available. So I went with it. And my husband, who can be a little bit dyslexic at times, thought it said vinaigrette which is quite funny, um, <laughs> but no, it, it was just vintage Tina and I thought, yep, that, that sounds good. And it's a wonderful name to have because that's exactly who you are. Yes, exactly, yes, in um, age and style sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> is there anywhere else that we can find you online? No, just Instagram. That's okay. Yeah. that's enough as I put in my bio it's my sewing diary so I make something I take a photo 
and then I upload it. So it's really good. Like when I want to go out somewhere and I think, what will I wear? I just go to my Instagram and look at all my outfits and pick one and then go to the wardrobe and try and find it. (laughs) That's very organized. Well, it can be, yes. I love sewing and I just, I have too many dresses. So sometimes I forget what I have. It's nice to, as I said, just have it online and go, yep, I've got that, that, that. And uh, as I said, then I just have to find it. Yeah, it's just Instagram, which is my sewing diary. So where did your focus with vintage start? I've always loved the class and style of early 20th century fashions. And previously I would buy ready-to-wear fashions, which can cost a lot of money. Like I've always sewn, but I've never had much time for me. So when my kids left home and I had more time to sew for me, I realized that, hey, I could make this stuff, you know, for a fraction of the cost. And I started looking and then I found, you know, the reproduction vintage patterns Hmm. and they were good, but I sort of thought, oh, I wonder if I could find some real vintage patterns, which were a bit daunting at first because... A lot of them have no printing. They're only one size. They have holes in them, <laughs> which tell you things. It was actually pretty easy because when you read the envelope, it does describe what the holes mean, which is good. And before I knew it, I am absolutely in love with vintage patterns. I just find them so simple. And like I, you always alter patterns anyway. So people say, oh, but there's only one size. And I'm thinking, well, If you get a size close enough to you, it's pretty easy to alter them. You know, there's not 50 million lines that do my head in. And uh, (laughs) I just find them so much easier, simpler. And often the old patterns, I found out they only have the bust size on them because the waist is often adjustable. Right. Which is perfect. Like they're often drawn in with a belt or... Yeah, you can always adjust the waistline usually. So that's where my focus on vintage started. And it's really ballooned in the last few years because, as I said, have more time for me. That's good. And what's your favourite era? Probably the 1940s with a very close second to the 50s and 30s. The 50s tend to have the very big skirts, which is nice but the 40s have those typical a-line skirts and square shoulders which I don't know I just think always look so nice and the 30s they're they're good too but sometimes if the slinky can sort of highlight bits you don't want highlighted (laughs) (laughs) definitely the 40s followed by 30s and 50s with the patterns that you love to sew for the vintage styles is it clothes or is it more than just the clothes probably just the clothes Mm -hmm. and the hats I mean I live in an old Queenslander house which is 100 years old so I love all that sort of vintage stuff I love going to vintage shops I have a lot of old furniture so yeah probably a bit of everything but when I first met my husband I wasn't really into it and he loved the old houses and then I just sort of thought yeah I really like that stuff too and he already had some old furniture which I thought oh that's beautiful yeah and then I thought well you know I'm just going to have to match it with how I dress (laughs) (laughs) as someone who sews you can do that yes I can yes I mean yeah (laughs) I have made curtains and things as well and 
you know, pillows and cushion covers and stuff like that. Not really vintage style, but yeah, if I can sew it and I want to do it, I'll do it. Fair enough. What made you start sewing? And now that you've got more time to sew, how has your sewing life changed? I started sewing as a teenager because we couldn't afford to buy new clothes back when clothes cost a lot more than they do now. Mm. As I was doing it, I realized how much I love it and how I liked being creative. And then I thought, wow, I can actually make exactly what I want. So I began with a few little items for work, like a skirt that my daughter wears now to work, which is hilarious. Um, (laughs) I did work full time back then before I had kids. So I didn't have that much time to sew. So it was only a few little items. Then I got married and had kids. Yeah, so I mainly was sewing for the kids. So I must admit, I sewed a lot of children's clothes over the years. Not necessarily vintage style but just whatever they wanted. And then I would applique animals on the front of their T-shirts and things like that. So um, as I said, now it's my turn. Clothes for me. And over the last probably five years, I've slowly transitioned my wardrobe to probably at least 90% me made. So before that, I go back and look at photos and I didn't have a lot of clothes that I made, but now yeah, I'm, I'm slowly transitioning to fully me-made wardrobe. That's a great achievement. It is. It, it feels good to wear what you've made and know that it fits well. But there's sort of a catch-22 with that because if you wear something and it isn't perfect or fit perfectly, you know you have to change it. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm a perfectionist, I must admit. So everything has to be perfect perfectly made perfectly comfortable and if it's not I will start again or take it apart and I've done that and make sure it's it's right as a perfectionist if you have a seam that you've unpicked yeah for a better fit do you re-sew the whole seam or just part of the seam depends if I need to re-sew the whole seam yeah okay yeah and I unpick all my basting threads and all the bits that I have sewn again yeah, not a thread to be seen loose. It, I'm terrible. Like I hate myself for it, but it's 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 good with sewing because the end product is lovely. Oh yeah, I've, and I've <laughs> seen that one dress, and I know that it, the end product was perfect. Yeah, and I think when you have something that fits beautifully, mm. just looks amazing, no matter what it is. So to me, fit is really, really important because no matter what era you make and no matter what you sew, if it fits beautifully, it looks amazing. Are there any sewing tools or notions that help you achieve your perfection? Yes, I love metal zips. I just find they do up and undo much easier. They last longer. They don't break as much. Admittedly, you have to usually find them at an op shop secondhand. I don't like invisible zips at all. Sorry to all those who love them, but not just inserting them, actually doing them up and doing them up and down the the little teeny tag. I just find as you get older, your fine motor coordination isn't good enough to grab that little end of the zip. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. So I just find I have trouble doing them up and undoing them. They have that really tiny little thin bit like what do you call it the tag yeah I love rickrack of course that sort of 
properly belongs more in the 50s, but you can use it anywhere. Old buttons, I love old buttons. And of course, my true vintage patterns or a few companies that actually do true replicas in PDF form of old patterns that you can buy online. So they actually just copy the old pattern, turn right. it into PDF, and then, yeah, you can just download it, print it out, and it's the exact true copies. So I like those as well. I'm very fortunate to have a secondhand haberdashery shop not too far from me. It's just amazing. Like people whose, you know, mums and grandmothers don't sew anymore who have passed on, they bring all their supplies into this secondhand shop. Yeah. And I just, I just love it. If I need anything, I will go there first to see if I can get it. And if not, I will source it elsewhere. But um, actually, yeah, you can see my zips behind me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So if ever I see a metal zip, I'll just get it and, and hang it up there. But, you know, in true style, when you're making something and you need a certain zip, I will never have it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's the sewing tools I like that probably aren't the usual things, you know. Yeah, because yeah. I was just thinking metal zips for dresses. No, you can't find them retail at the moment. So No, I've been known to take them out of old clothes as well if they're still good. Yep. Metal zips definitely are um, are a good thing. Okay. When did you discover the Sober 50 community? Oh, that was with my friend Sandy, who's <laughs> a local. And uh, we often have local sewing get-togethers. And I was talking to her one day and... She told me all about it. I'm like, fantastic. I'm in. <laughs> so still meet up with Sandy when we can, which is good. She tells me all the latest things, if I haven't already seen them, which I usually have. Yeah, that's true. Mm. And she's very good with Judith in making sure that there's visibility for all of us on their feed. Oh, absolutely. They're really, really good. Yes. And all the tips they give you about using Instagram and all the little bits is amazing because I've become pretty good thanks to them to the point where I have to show my husband who's an IT guru. So he doesn't understand Instagram a lot. And I'm like, oh, no, you just do this and this. And, and he's like, well, how do I go back to that story? I'm like, well, tap on the left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're good like that. Yeah, they're very good. And they work so hard for us. Yes, they do. Oh, my goodness. She does work very hard. Both of them work very hard. Tina, what advice would you give listeners who want to go down the path of making vintage clothing? Try and source stuff from op shops, fabric, patterns, buttons, zips, anything, especially patterns if you can. You can buy them online as well, but they're usually more expensive. To tell you the truth, I don't spend a lot of money at all making what I make, like cheap as chips. <laughs> Because, yeah, most of my fabric is either from I buy from other people's stashes or I buy from op shops. Occasionally I'll treat myself, but most of the time it's cheap fabric. The only trouble with that is you've got to make sure, like you don't know what the fabric composition is. That's the only pitfall to buying secondhand fabric. Yeah. So often when I come home, I'll do the burn test, which will basically just give me some idea if it's polyester or not. You know, if it goes into a hard black lump, it's polyester. But um, most of the time, it um, yeah, it will just tell you if it's a natural fiber or synthetic. So, yeah, I do that. And YouTube tutorials, I have learned so much 
if ever I want to do anything vintage, like, you know, make a bound buttonhole or anything like that, I'll just YouTube it and um, find heaps of resources there. It's very good. Closet Historian has taught me a lot about also how to manipulate patterns, you know, just change things around. Um, I actually finally have made a block to my own measurements, okay. which um, I learned through watching YouTube tutorials. And that happens to be very handy a lot of the times because like the last pattern I made has a very interesting neckline. So I just used my block pattern and just copied the neckline so that I knew the bodice would fit beautifully, which was similar. And then I just added the neckline. So um, especially if you're learning, get stuff secondhand so you're not wasting a lot of money and YouTube tutorials. I mean, I'm all self-taught mostly. Well, yeah, 99%. But yeah, mainly also from just watching YouTube, how do I do this? <laughs> That's really good advice to help new sewers who have only just started sewing to find their way to making their own vintage inspired outfits. Yes. And also looking at pictures and photos. Like in the beginning, I had no idea what was your typical 1940s fashion or 50s or whatever. But yeah, the more you look, at things and um, there's a few Facebook groups I'm in as well that you know 1940s fashion and stuff like that so I've now learned the specific looks of the certain eras I don't tend to stick to one era like some people do and I sort of think should I but like I'm like no I I do like changing it up you know <laughs> I even made a few 1960s things recently and I actually really like them too but I think um, I'm not going to go too much into 60s fashion but it's it's good to have fun and just try things that's the great thing about sewing you can try things and admittedly sometimes they don't work as we all know that's the that's the thing about sewing you can spend hours and then not like it in the end but if you haven't spent much money, at least you haven't wasted money. And it's always a learning curve. Even if you've wasted your time, you haven't because you've learned something. That's a really good mm. lesson for people to keep in mind when they're yeah. new to sewing or when they've been sewing for a while and they've just had a really bad day with their pattern. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't said to me that I think it was my son or someone. Like I was saying how I've now learned to manipulate patterns easily or I'm better at it and he said mom you've been sewing for like 40 years and I said yeah he goes, then you're still learning stuff absolutely <laughs> always learning just always learning new stuff or to do something easier or quicker or look more professional or try a new skill like bound buttonholes <laughs> exactly yeah Always learning, always trying, I should say, always learning and trying new things. And yes, yeah. uh, yeah, so I recently have my sewing room exactly how I like it and anything that wasn't sewing related went out the door. And that's a very, I realise I'm very privileged that I can have my own sewing room. Yeah. Mainly because, as I said, the kids have left, so I don't want to move. So any spare room is going to be changed into something more useful I don't feel so bad but because my husband just built a whole new shed out the back for his um he's very creative as well so at least mine's just a room his is a whole new building so 
<laughs> so um, I don't feel so bad having my sewing room, yeah, exactly how I want it. So that if the bug gets me at night, where I and it often does, where I want to sew something, I usually have most things here. I don't have to go to the shop, which is also very good when you're in lockdown. Oh, I agree. Yes. Well, that's really great advice, Tina. Thank you for coming on to the podcast with Cyber 50 and for giving us some hints and tips about how to include vintage sewing in our sewing life. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you again. And have a lovely day, listeners. Thank you to all of our listeners because your subscribing to Sew Organised Style podcast has gotten us to episode 300 with over 1 million downloads so far. Thank you, everyone. This episode of Sew 50 podcast on Sew Organised Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Tina, soundbybensound.com. You can subscribe to Sew Organised Style podcast, but with an S not a Z on all good podcast apps. Every podcast is free with the aim to keep you company and encourage you to sew more often. Make sure you go back and listen to our Sew Over 50 podcast archive and give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast. We hope that you'll support us through our Patreon account. Post any questions or suggestions you have on our Instagram account at Sew Organised Style or on our website at www.seworganisedstyle.com or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.